Hey everybody, this is Storius with podcast number one. Just want to get this out right ahead that this probably isn't going to be that good, but I'm going to go for it and hopefully if somebody hears this, you'll stick with me and it will get better. But anyway, purpose of this podcast is to talk about life science startups. And so for those that are new to the space, that's medical device, that's biotech, pharmaceutical, digital therapeutics, all the technologies and products and services with the intent of helping people have better health and live more productive lives. So with that in mind, this is going to be a short podcast because we're going to break this down into small bites. But my background, I'm Jeff Smith. I'm a healthcare entrepreneur, been in the space for about 15 years, done several startups, currently running a venture-backed business called Providence Medical Technology, and we are focused on the high-risk cervical fusion patient. So enough about me. The point of this podcast today is to really break down the idea of gross margins and what that means for running a business in life sciences. So for those of you that don't know this term or forgot it from college or business school, the gross margin of a product is when you take the price at which you sell the product to the customer and you subtract the cost of making that product, so the cost of goods sold, and what you get after that, the difference is the gross profit. So if I have a $1,000 product, it costs me $250 to manufacture or produce. The gross profit is the difference of $750. So when you take the $750 of gross profit and you divide that by the price that you've sold the product, in this case, $1,000, you're left with 750 over 1,000 or 75%. So that gross margin is really important and it's one of the attractive things about the life science space um, because with 75% gross margin, you can invest in research and development, clinical trials to demonstrate the safety and efficacy of your products. And with 75% gross margin, you can not only invest in research and development, but you can also do the hard work and expensive process of commercializing a life science product and really getting it into the hands of physicians, healthcare providers. Commercializing, or otherwise known as selling, life science products, it's really expensive and it takes a long time because healthcare providers are busy, they're inundated with requests for their time, and not unlike other industries, they're just hard to get to. But it's an important place to begin for those of you that are dreaming up and thinking about how you could help patients. If you don't have sufficient gross margin in your product, when you go to commercialize with the, with the end goal of helping patients and healthcare providers, there's not going to be enough gross margin or points to go around to actually build a sustainable and viable business. And I say that it sounds obvious but so many businesses are just not viable ever because of their unit economics. And so in this example that we're talking about, if you have a product that you're going to sell for $1,000, that means you have $750 to run your business off of. And so if you take that thing to just a small amount of scale and you're selling 1,000 units of your product a year, you now have a million dollars in sales and $750,000 in gross profit. 
So with $750,000 in gross profit, there's only so many salaries that you can support and there's only so many salespeople you can hire and scientists to drive R&D. And so in the early days of a life science startup, you're going to accumulate losses. And that's why life science businesses are funded by venture capital. And the venture capital space is willing to fund losses for a period of time because at a greater scale, often it's around 30 to $50 million. If you have that level of revenue, which means you're helping a lot of patients and you're selling a lot of your product, we'll use the example of $50 million. At $50 million in sales with 75% gross margins, you have over $30 million in gross profit. And that's typically the point at which a company in the life science space can actually be break even and sustainable. It also coincides with the point at which a life science startup can raise additional capital through the public markets through an initial public offering or IPO. So in order to get from this great idea you might have to unit economics that would support the beginning of a business and an interesting enough business to raise venture capital to fund these losses, you need to know this roadmap from the very beginning. I've made this mistake myself, unfortunately, more than once. So when you think about the amazing innovation that you want to bring to patients and healthcare providers, it's important to know what is the end user price and what will the system be willing to pay for this product or service if it has the value for patients that you hope it might. If that value is $50 per unit, you're going to have to sell a lot of that product. So you want to make sure that there's enough uh, need in the marketplace for that product. Low price products have to have very high gross margins and you have to be able to sell them in a way that is not that expensive. So we'll leave it at that for today. Thanks for listening to the first podcast. Hopefully you learned a little bit about gross margins and number one, what they are. Number two, why they matter for your ultimate goal of helping a lot of patients and building a sustainable business. Uh, in the next podcast, podcast, we'll talk a little bit more about how your unit economics or your gross margin is going to influence the different ways you can commercialize this product. So thanks for listening. This is Storia signing out on podcast number one.